This is Woke Wars, a podcast by the Miami Herald's opinion team, where we look behind Florida's culture wars. Welcome to Woke Wars. I'm Isadora Ringel, and I'm joined today by Miami Herald opinion team members Nancy Ancrum and Amy Driscoll. Today on this podcast, we will talk about Florida's war against woke corporations. The Republican Party has been known for staying out of the way of private businesses, but Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has changed that game, at least to some extent, and we will talk about that. And the first major casualty of the war has been Disney. The company opposed a parental rights bill last year that's become known as Don't Say Gay. And as punishment, lawmakers in the Florida legislature gave control of Disney's special governing district to the governor. It was merely payback. And now the governor is actually floating the idea that the people he appointed to the district, this district might actually influence Disney on its content and its programming and what it puts out to the world. So let's hear from the governor himself and what he has to say about Disney. So we had a, a little bit of a tussle last year over uh, school legislation and, and Disney came out uh, against something that was really just about protecting young kids and making sure that students are able to go to school learning to read, write, add, and subtract and not having a teacher tell them that they can change their gender. And I think most parents agree with that. Uh, but you know, that was only a mild annoyance. I think that what we came to realize after that dust settled on that uh, was you clearly had a movement within the corporation itself, of course, Burbank, California-based elements of it that said it's their job or it's their goal to inject a lot of this sexuality into the programming for young kids. Hmm. For those who haven't been following the Don't Say Gay issue, just a quick reminder that this law banned classroom instruction from about sexual orientation and gender identity in grades K through 3. I also want to point out that we don't know what evidence DeSantis has when he says that Disney's goal is to inject sexuality for kids into its programming. I just want to clarify that we don't know exactly what we're talking about. We do know that Disney owns several companies. It has a majority stake for Hulu, for example. So it's not just animated movies for kids. So we have no idea what the governor is saying. But regardless, let's get into this conversation. How can the governor claim we live in, quote, the state, the free state of Florida while taking action against companies for their free speech? How does he sell this idea to the public? It's so effective in a way, right, Nancy? It's very, very effective. And how can he do it? He can do it because he engages in doublespeak. And while accusing um, some elements, say, of indoctrination, oh my goodness, this is just the same thing that he seems to be um, injecting into how we teach our kids, educate our kids, what we tell them and what we don't. So it's no surprise that in the free state of Florida, um, companies are free to agree with him, but not to disagree. And I, I agree that Reedy Creek is something, the Reedy Creek Agreement is something that is years old and definitely was worth re-examination. Uh, it is an independent, its own independent govern, uh, government. 
It can levy taxes. That was controlled by Disney. That was controlled by Disney, can assess bonds. It's 25,000 acres on which four or five theme parks uh, rest. They have their own services, fire services, uh, uh, waste pickup services. It is its own uh, governmental entity. And it even gets its own ability to build a nuclear plant. Yes. And an airport, which is unbelievable. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that is kind of like, I... I, I disagree with everything the governor is doing. I disagree with retaliating against free speech. However, the the story of Florida has been, here, corporations, we'll give you anything you like as if you build something. And that's what Disney did. I mean, they've done a lot of things in the state of Florida. They are probably what we're known for. But back when they were building all these parks in Central Florida, they, they came up with this idea to have their own governing district. I agree. Maybe it was time to revisit that idea. It's just how the way that it was done. Yeah, and I think, you know, that Disney Disney certainly helped shape Florida, no question about it. Um, and that maybe those things were needed when Florida was mostly swampland, but that's no longer the case. It's a very desirable place to be. Um, and, uh, you know, we I think all of us on the editorial board have discussed that, that maybe this the time had come for this taxing district to change. It's the method in which this happened that's the problem, that, that the governor was using it as for retaliation because, the, because and, and for people who don't know, Disney allowed its, its employees to eventually tell it that it needed to protest the don't say gay law um, that uh, DeSantis and his, and his cronies in the legislature um, had pushed through. It, it's also very interesting, up until Disney decided to say something against this bill, at the time it was still just a piece of legislation, Essentially, Disney got everything it wanted. Just the, the year before, the legislature, supported by DeSantis, passed a law to crack down on big tech. It basically told social media platforms, you cannot remove a political candidates from your platforms. And it was done right after Facebook and Twitter removed Donald Trump. And guess who got an exemption? It was Disney because Disney owns a streaming platform and it wanted to make sure it wouldn't get caught in this bill. And exactly it got language in the bill to protect his business interests. So this whole notion that suddenly Florida is fighting against corporate power, I have a really tough time buying into that. You know, especially there are many bills being proposed right now that protect several business interests. For example, nursing homes, as you remember during Hurricane Irma, uh, almost a dozen of seniors died at a nursing home in Hollywood, Florida. You know, there's been a lot of issues with nursing homes over over the years. Now the legislature has a bill that could protect nursing homes from lawsuits regarding uh, wrongful deaths. There are other bills that crack down on local governments to protect the interests of businesses. So this notion that suddenly we're fighting corporate power I don't know how you guys feel about this. No, it's again, it's more doublespeak. It's more of the uh, hypocrisy and uh, action. What works for us, say the administration and lawmakers, uh, we will favor. What doesn't work for us, well, we'll we'll punish you. Um, You mentioned nursing homes. We have to remember that um, at the outset of COVID, we were all so scared. We were all so worried. We really didn't have the measure of this this virus and uh, this administration went a long way to protect nursing homes from having to to account to very worried relatives as to where um, the virus was found how many deaths 
who was ill, and um, nursing homes, uh, he eventually relented. But it was a very trying time if you had an elderly loved one in a nursing home in this state when COVID first hit. And Isadora, you said earlier that um, that you thought that this is the first instance, of the, 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 that Disney is the first victim of or this. Or the major, yeah. But in fact, remember the cruise lines. That was during COVID as well, um, Nancy. And, you know, there was a huge fight with the governor about um, him not letting cruise lines require COVID vaccines or tests or, you know, certificates as, as things changed to ensure the safety of the passengers um, on those cruise lines. It was, I think Norwegian was one of the ones that really um, took that, that fight on. And, you know, the, those companies suffered financially. So, you know, I think that there's that, and that goes back a couple of years now. So we are, you know, I think we're fairly deeply into this fight already. Yeah. So how do you think the, the governor divides the good corporations, and I'm using air quotes here for those who can't see me, from the quote, well, corporations that must be abolished in the state of Florida. There's still, you know, to me a bit, uh, it's a bit unclear how he defines world corporations, but I guess I'm going to try to define define that for the purpose of our conversation. I think it essentially means any corporation that adopts any social justice stances, any climate change stances, any 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 stances that, that go against the Republican platform. And we have seen in the past five years or so, or even for longer, a lot of corporations feeling the need that they have to take stances on certain issues. A few years ago, there was the issue with the anti-LGBTQ bill in North Carolina. Uh, There was a lot of reporting done at the time about how some companies were changing their mind about uh, having a footprint in that state. There was the issue in Georgia when Major League Baseball pulled out some an event from Atlanta after the Georgia legislature passed a a bill, a law that restricts voting rights. Uh, There have been a lot of instances. Let's let's not forget Nike and Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) Remember people saying they were going to burn their Nike apparel. So do you feel that corporations have become more political in that in that arena of public debate? I think this is corporate responsibility. Uh, 2.0. This is really not new. I remember the 60s and the 70s where people who were very concerned about air pollution, water pollution, pushed and pushed and pushed for, for corporate entities to stop, to stop doing it. And by and large, through, through law and policy, they have. We don't have a love canal. I think they still have to clean that thing up, but we don't have a love canal. You can you can swim in more rivers than you know you could at the time. This is not new. It is just highly pitched. Uh, people are treating it. Uh, the issues are very personal. Um, you know, anyone and everyone can come out for a clean river, but. Um, targeting LGBTQ, targeting DEI, which might help uh, people of color, women, to progress or access opportunity. It's much more uh, personal and uh, uh, mean-spirited this time around. Well, I think the governor does does a really good job of framing issues for people. And Often there are issues people didn't even realize that they had. So there's a, there's a bit of genius to that where, you know, you, you see something and you, and you make it into an issue. And he's been doing that over and over. Um, I think many, much of this woke training, there may be a little bit of a, 
um, you know, a little bit of a grain of truth that people are uncomfortable with some of these things and, and that they don't like being pushed beyond their comfort zone. Um, but sometimes that's also, you know, growth and progress. And uh, he seems to be telling Floridians it's okay to push back and not do anything that people have asked asking you to do. And I think that's a little bit of a... Um, you know, it's, it's sliding backwards, and that's something that this state really cannot afford, but that's where we're headed. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Woke Wars from the Miami Herald opinion team. You're yeah. absolutely correct when you said uh, DeSantis has a, a knack for framing issues that people didn't even know they were upset about, and that's what makes him the political, the rising political figure that he is much like Donald Trump, but in a much more polished way. And I'm pretty much repeating what everybody else has said. But I I wanted to talk about uh, another piece of legislation that was passed uh, called Stop the Woke uh, Act, which it dealt with a lot of things, but with we're talking specifically about corporations. It bans diversity training that makes people feel guilty or anguished for collective actions by people of the same color or uh, race or gender in the past. Essentially, it's protecting white fragility. That's the way that I, I choose to frame it, like a lot of critics have chosen to frame it. You're entitled to your opinion. This law has been tangled up in courts. Uh, obviously, a lot of people see the First Amendment issues with it. But again, going back to what Amy is saying, is though corporations feel a lot of pressure I think internally from their own employees, especially when they want to maintain a high level workforce, a very educated workforce that probably leans more liberal, as we know from polling that shows more and more college educated people leaning more liberal, that they have to provide diversity training, that they have to provide these things in order to have a good workplace. And then comes the governor telling them that somehow we're here to protect the guy who sits through that training and feels I'm going to use the word triggered <laughs> um, because a diversity trainer tells that person that they have to check their own implicit biases. And I understand the, how uncomfortable that is for some people. I'm come, some people might say, I'm just coming here for work. I didn't come here to revisit my entire existence in this world. I'm just here for a paycheck. Why do I have to sit through this? So it, it becomes a very complicated issue. It, it is complicated, but it, it, it some of the complications are um, inherent in the vagueness of the of this law. You know, anyone can decide. I feel I feel targeted. I feel faint. Oh my God! Whereas I don't think these DEI trainers are saying you, <laughs> you, white man, are responsible for every every last ill in this country. And so it allows, it allows people to, I don't want to say gin up discomfort, but it really means that every DEI training session will be under scrutiny. I would also ask people to um, consider, you know, there are people of color who go to work every day and are uncomfortable. Um, there are women who are uncomfortable because maybe they're harassed by a boss. So let's let's broaden the concern about who's uncomfortable. And it also seems a little strange to me that we keep talking about protecting people lately. Um, I, I know we're talking about protecting kids from Disney, even though we're not talking about protecting kids from guns. Um, in fact, we are trying to loosen gun regulations in this state, which I think is a you know 
a horrible thing, especially after Parkland. I don't see how we could even consider that, but apparently we are. Um, but also like protecting people's feelings. It's like, it, I get it. We all, we're all out there in the universe and we get our feelings hurt and we feel uncomfortable, but aren't we adults? And can we sit with that and be okay with it sometimes or work it through? Like, why do we need the government to tell us what to do? I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of... That is such a Republican stance. I, I just don't understand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand why the government has to tell us that yeah. stuff. And yet, for some reason, we have to, we, we, are, we are leaning on the government to make these decisions. And I, I just, I'm baffled by that. Well, I do think that conservatives would say, well, government is telling us what to do. What is, EE, what is the EEOC office about? What is the EPA about? Um, they, I, could, I think they can legitimately say, well, back at you. Yeah. And also now DeSantis and the legislature are going after ESG, which are companies that use environmental, social, and governance principles. And they want Florida to stop investing in funds that adopt these ESG practices. And again, ESG has been around for almost two decades. It's something that a lot of hedge funds have used in terms of how they pick their investments. And now suddenly it's become a lightning rod. Yeah, and it's like it's it's socially responsible investing. Yeah. I don't understand why this is suddenly like such a big, you know, yeah. a, a shocking change. It has you say it's been going on. And if you say socially responsible investing, people aren't so upset as they are with ESG. Uh, the governor apparently loves acronyms because, man, we have a lot of them now. Um, DEI and Stop Woke and all these. It's, everything's an acronym. But um, but, you know, I, it's it's I still think that there's a, a basis for looking at that through capitalism. And that is that, you know, isn't your job in the state of Florida, if you are using, if you are the investor um, and you have retirement funds, you're supposed to make the most money possible for your retirees. Isn't that the goal? So if that's the goal, then, you know, and, and you can reach it through ESG, what is the problem? Well, the problem is the governor is running for president <laughs> and he needs to stay in the news. I mean, that is the just, <laughs> well, nowadays it's almost like, I mean, we're laughing because it's kind of funny. You can't touch the, the woke label on anything. And woke, as we know, has it's it's gone from something that was a grassroots thing that came up, especially in African American communities, and again, it's been it has been appropriated by conservatives, flipped on its head, and now it's become a label. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, that's woke. You know, we were talking about yoga pants the other day. How some people have an issue with yoga pants. Women who wear yoga pants in Lululemon are woke. Therefore, it's like everything has become part of this culture war. Can we just? Can we just stop and be friends again? And... <laughs> the Rodney King <laughs> approach. Can't we just all get along? <laughs> but it is. And they see the power of this right. woke weapon, right? It is so powerful. And for good reasons. I do see, I have an issue with cancel culture. Like, I think a lot of us agree on that. I do have an issue with people being afraid to offend people for even for the smallest things. I think we have to, I think empathy is lacking, I think. But at the same time, it's like, are we allowed to evolve as a society where, you know, where maybe polluting the earth is something that investors should not be okay with funding anymore? <laughs> Look, it's a very, very simple credo that this administration is following divide and conquer. And uh, I think this administration has done both brilliantly. In the free state of Florida. In the <laughs> <laughs> and we'll end our conversation on that note. 
Please consider subscribing to the Miami Herald to see what else the editorial board has to say. Please go to miamiherald.com forward slash subscribe. And we thank WLRN. Our engineer was Peter Mertz. Our videographers were Jose Iglesias and Matias Ochner. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.